0: Transmitter device activated. Coordinate set for Earth 2. Hey everyone, welcome to the Earth 2 Podcast, your weekly show that chronicles the origins and development of the DC Comics multiverse and the legacy of their Golden Age characters through the Silver and the Bronze Ages
1: of comics. I'm Peter Watson. And I'm David Steele. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. We return this week to the pages of Brave and the Bold. Again? Yes. It's our third consecutive, well not episode, but it's our third consecutive issue of Brave and the Bold if you're paying attention to such things. This week we're doing issue 97, which was published on the 15th of June, 1971, three days before Paul McCartney's 29th birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's the Paul McCartney, when is Paul McCartney's birthday podcast. And Peter is going to tell you about the rather marvellous Nick Cardy cover.
0: It is a rather marvellous Nick Cardy cover. At the very top, we, of course, have the Brave and Bold logo. On the left-hand side, again, we're in that weird period where there's not a proper DC logo. Instead, we have Batman encircled. He's has this cape up over his face. And he appears to be standing on a box that says, DC, Brave and the Bold. And in the top right-hand corner, we have something interesting. Mm. A new price. It says only 25 cents. Bigger and
1: better. Yes, this is the dawn of the what eventually evolves into the 52 pages or 48 pages don't take less era when the comics were chunkier and pages were filled up with exciting reprints and such things. But we're going to talk about that in a bit more depth in another episode very soon, aren't we? We
0: certainly are. Now, underneath all this, we have Batman and Wildcat. Yep, it's a ton of Wildcat folks. Yay! Apparently, this is approved by the Comics Code Authority. Good, they Mm -hmm. must be Wildcat fans. And, making up the brunt of the cover, we're in... A kind of desert valley. Yes. I think it's in Mexico because there are some Mexicans running away in the distance.
1: It looks like it's at night, doesn't it? It's quite moody. It does,
0: yes. In the foreground, we have Batman Wildcats. And they appear to be inside a giant cat's paw print. Yes. And as they're in this paw print, Batman says, We're safe now. What can be scaring them off?
1: Scaring who off the Mexicans? Yes. Yes, gosh.
0: And Wildcat is looking over his shoulder. He looks aghast because Mm. on the left-hand side, we can see a giant shadow of a nasty-looking big cat. Ooh. Silhouetted on the ravine wall.
1: Yes, it's very effective. Wildcat looks very kind of... He looks a bit frightened, so it must be quite serious.
0: Unusual for Ted Grant, yes. Mm. And in the bottom right-hand corner, we have paper clipped on because I've drawn a (laughs) paper-clip on here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a small note that says, plus the origin of Deadman. And indeed, we have Boston Brand's head and amazing collar in the corner. So yes, that's what they're filling up this bigger and better issue with.
1: Which must be a reprint from Strange Adventures 205. Then I used to own a copy of Strange Adventures 205, the first appearance of Deadman. And I sold it for probably less money than I should have done. But there you go, such is life. So that's the first appearance of Dead Man on the podcast, I think, isn't
0: it? I think we've mentioned him in the past.
1: Yes, we have mentioned him before because there are advertisements for him and the Spectre having comics out at the same time. So, Of course, It's not yes. really the first yes. appearance of Dead Man. But he will turn up on the podcast eventually. Indeed. Don't you worry, all you Boston brand fans. So, we shall leap into the story proper then, shall we? Mm-hmm. The first page has an awful lot of See What You See captioning, which covers pretty much what's going on, but I will have to fill in some of the details. So we start off the first panel. It's a lovely sunny day. We can see some boats on the sea. There are some clouds in the sky, but we don't put too much of a dent in things. And we have a caption that says,
0: Acapulco, Mexico's jet-set playground on the Pacific, where atop towering cliffs a slim figure poises.
1: Yes, we see a young man, dark hair, arms up in the air, looks as if he's well, it looks like he's going to dive in obviously caption for panel 2
0: nearby tourists escape in awe of the intended dive among them a tall man whose tigerish muscles ripple beneath well tailored cloth
1: Yes, this chap has dark hair. He looks vaguely familiar. There's a few other people around. (laughs) An overweight man with a camera, a younger lady with blonde hair and glasses, a young boy with brown hair, a lady with pointy sunglasses who looks like a lady from off of a Farside Gallery cartoon, if you ask me. Yes, very much so. Can you see that, yeah? Mm -hmm. Caption for panel three. Suddenly, his keen
0: eyes pick out something, someone, further down the rugged cliff face.
1: And we can see, further down the rugged cliff face, a figure appears to be beating a shotgun. That's interesting. Caption for panel four.
0: Now as the long Pacific swell surges into the narrow gorge between the cliffs.
1: Yes, we can see the the man in the suit, who was so rugged and tigerish in panel two. He seems to be taking his suit off. That's unusual. Loosening his tie. And the caption for panel five.
0: Filling the rocky defile deeper, deeper, the slim figure dives.
1: Yes, and I don't really have anything else to add to that. We reach panel six.
0: But off to one side, farther down, another figure also dives. The Batman.
1: Yes, because the man in the suit who got undressed on the cliff edge was clearly Bruce Wayne. We see Batman diving downwards, spreading his cape, looking very dynamic indeed. So, the first caption for page two says...
0: Using his cape-like wings, angling his hurtling body, stretching for every inch of glide...
1: Yes, Batman glides down towards the chap who had the shotgun. We get a better look at him. He's a large green sombrero, a loose-fitting yellow shirt. Batman swings down and strikes the weapon. There's a bang as it goes off, a hunk as he collides. And in the background of the panel, the boy who's died off the cliff sails right past them without being shot, so that helps.
0: Now two bodies meet the sea, one claiming it in perfect control, the other plummeting into it like a wounded
1: bird. Yes, the boy has the perfect ending to his dive, but Batman, who's obviously been in less control of what he was doing after he collided with the would-be assassin, he just hits the water with a massive, whoosh. Long moments later, yes, Batman emerges from the sea, water dripping off him as he thinks,
0: <sighs> close but no cigar. Luckily, the old bat suit stripped dry, but I'd better change back to Bruce Wayne and the fun in the sun tourist bit. <laughs>
1: Dry, I love it. And so we arrive at the top of page three. First caption says, "Shortly," and we see suited and booted, back in his civvies, Bruce Wayne watching as the young man who died off the cliff offers a hat round to the simple tourist and he's collecting some coins. As he observes this, Bruce Wayne thinks,
0: "Louise Mercado, risking his young life for a hatful of pesos, and pretending that would-be killer was never there."
1: interesting. There's some unfortunate perspective work in this panel, because it looks like there's a very <laughs> a very small model boat <laughs> yes. floating in the sea <laughs> behind Bruce Wayne. Maybe it's supposed to be a larger yacht in the distance, we'll never know. So, mm. caption for panel two.
0: Soon in the working class quarter of Acapulco, in the dingy alleys behind the garish beachfront luxury hotels...
1: Yes, Luis Mercado, the young man who we saw diving off the cliff and who Bruce Wayne was observing, is moving through the market, and Bruce Wayne is following closely behind thinking
0: he alone must have seen batman save his life but he's ignoring that too why is anyone gunning for him
1: why and in panel three bruce wayne is suddenly bruce wayne looking very james bond like it must be said he looks like a cross george mm-hmm. Lazenby and sean canary he's distracted by something he sees on the wall he thinks
0: wait a minute brucey boy
1: that poster that costume it's got to be and this poster says fighting tonight el tigre and we see Wildcat wearing boxing gloves and there's an address underneath the Oxotopal... Arena, so that's interesting. Bruce's thought concludes in the next panel. Wildcat! But while Bruce has been distracted by this poster, something else is happening. We see Louis whirling around because, well, helpfully, Bruce thinks... Louise, he's been jumped. Yes, we see three nasty-looking men, all bearing knives, bearing down on the young diver. Gasp. <gasps> with interrupted by a caption that says,
0: Now as knives flash in the limpid Mexican dusk, a brave boy stands at bay, and a man from far northern haunts comes face to face with the mystery, the mastery of the past, meeting an old ally, finding new foes as fate flaunts the Batman with... The,
1: the smile, smile of Chocolatan! Chocolatan. <laughs> Chocolatan. Is that what we're agreeing on? Chocolatean, we're going to chocolatean. I'm glad that's fine. We're going to yeah. both have to say it about yeah. ten times at least before it, this episode. <laughs> so I'm glad we should practice that beforehand. Yes, we are reminded that the story stars Batman and Wildcat. Pencils by Bob Brown, inked by Nick Cardy, and who wrote it? Peter. It is
0: our favourite, Bob Haney. Strap yourself in, folks. Anything can happen.
1: Fantastic. Anything can happen and probably will. So we arrive at page four. The first caption says, Only blocks from the safety of the city the tourist knows, a fight for life begins. Yes, Louis ducks as a guy in a yellow shirt goes for him. But then there's a a following up caption that says, When suddenly another joins the unequal battle. Yes, and Batman has appeared, thankfully, and he's grabbed the guy in a yellow shirt that was going for Louis. Whaps him in the head, the guy goes, ooh, And then another caption says, now, savagely, wordlessly, the struggle goes on. Yes, the other fighters. There's a guy in a horrible green shirt and a big brown sombrero. I wonder if he was the guy that we saw on the cliff edge earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Could be. Maybe he has a selection of different coloured hats. He goes for Batman with a knife, but then we see in the background that the other guy, who is a kind of shorter blue shirt and a small brown hat, he's punching Lewis in the stomach and also bringing his knife down. This all takes place within the frame of one panel. It may end up in the socials. It probably will. We'll see. But Lewis fights back. Striking the guy in the chin, firing his head back against the wall so he drops his knife. And then we see Batman striking a vicious jab down on the knife arm of the guy in the sombrero who was fighting him. There's a chop and the guy screams. Aye. So well done, Batman. We then have a caption for an insert panel that says... Then... Batman looks around and says... Louis. And then he thinks... Blazes, he's gone. Never find him in this
0: rabbit warden of streets and alleys.
1: And listeners, if you're a long-time listener, you might want to take a drink because we can see the Batman is standing beside a rubbish bin at this point. Yay! Shades of Jerry Grandinetti. So, (laughs) first panel of page five, Batman looks at the poster of El Tigre and thinks...
0: But I've got another mystery to look into anyway. Just what is my old pal Wildcat doing in Mexico fighting for pesos as El Tigre?
1: Interesting. And of course, listeners, the last time we saw Wildcat, if you remember, was when we covered issue 88 of Brave and the Bold, when Ted Grant, A.K. Wildcat, was involved in that big youth athletics competition, yes. which was all very exciting and featured motorbikes being ridden with boxing gloves and all sorts of things. So if you haven't heard that episode, go back and check it out. It's a cracker. So we have a slow dissolve then to panel two and a caption that says,
0: Not long after, in an ancient amphitheatre just outside town.
1: Yes, this is a brilliant panel. Nice big wide aerial shot showing the bustling, busy amphitheatre. We can see the boxing ring set up in the middle and the light shining down on it. We can see the crowd. There's a queue of people waiting to get in. We can see a poster on the wall. We can make out El Tigre versus, well, it's not too clear what it says. But um, Mm. there's a thought bubble coming from the person at the front of the queue.
0: Those fight fans' forefathers watched human sacrifice here. Hope they don't revive the custom tonight.
1: Gosh, that'd be terrifying. Panel three's caption then says... Then, as the fighters are introduced... Yes, what we see, the one-time Justice Society member. Of course, though, we're probably an Earth One at this point, so this Wildcat, we've decided if he is the Earth One Wildcat, which we've decided he Mm -hmm. wasn't a member of the Justice Society, or was he? We'll never know. (laughs) He's standing, looking very, very confident. There's another large bruiser standing on the opposite side of the referee. There's a very familiar figure standing behind Wildcat. But anyway, the referee is obviously introducing Wildcat as he says... El Tigre! There are yells and excited shouts coming Yay! from the crowd. Yeah, el Tigre! Oh, bravo, El Tigre! Bravo, bravo! El Tigre! Ole! And Bruce Wayne has managed to find himself a ringside seat. Of course he has. He has, the, he has the dollar. And he's looking on and thinking, It's
0: Wildcat, all right. And the second is Luis Mercado.
1: The next panel is just a shot of Wildcat punching the challenger right in the face. It's great. <laughs> right in the eye. And off-camera, Bruce is thinking, it's
0: ted grant under that costume still the master boxing stylist
1: and then a caption for the final panel says but as the first round ends yes Well Kat sat down and off camera bruce wayne thinks
0: el machete is clumsy but that cane cutting punch of his could chop Ted down.
1: Ah, El Machete must be the guy that El Tigre is fighting.
0: Which is bizarre because he looks just like Danny Trejo.
1: Hmm. <laughs> Maybe that's where Danny Thingy got the idea from. Who can say? May well
0: be. May well be. Danny, if you're listening.
1: Yes, Danny, I'm sure you are listening. But then Bruce has another thought as he observes
0: Hey, that guy slipping something into Wildcat's water.
1: Yes, we see, the far left of the panel, very shady looking, dark-haired individual, with what looks like a test tube, or a little tube at least, pouring, as Bruce suggested, some liquid into Wildcat's refreshments. Gasp, we're only at the end of page five. The first panel of page six shows Wildcat taking a sip of this water, Lewis holding up the bucket for him. Off camera, Bruce Wayne thinks, Oh no! And then, there is a clang sound effect, as Bruce continues to think, And there's the bell for the next round! Panel 2, the fight is resumed, and it doesn't seem to be going too well. Wildcat seems to be slumping forward. Off-camera, helpfully, Bruce commentates and thinks, Wildcat, he's
0: going down without
1: really being hit. The caption then for panel 3 says, Immediately, the arena erupts. Yes, voices from the crowd cry, "Fake, FAKE! 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 Someone else cries, Hombres, we are being tricked. Yes, because we can see in the background of the panel that Wildcat has gone completely face down in the ring. In the foreground, sneaky away in his brown suit. Past the taco stand, we can see Bruce Wayne. The caption for panel four. The next moment, the ring lights go out. Yes, and we can see that a couple of men have stepped into the ring and appear to be trying to lift Wildcat's body. So he's obviously been drugged. Lewis is there and he cries, No! You cannot have him! And one of the, the suited figures, who has a hat, says, Kill the kid, Ramos. Yes, we can see a, a knife being borne by one of the, the shady people who's trying to kidnap Wildcat. Helpfully, there's a caption for panel five that says,
0: Suddenly, striking
1: from nowhere in the noise and confusion, Batman arrives. With a twock and a whock, he strikes two of the assailants in the face. One of them drops a knife as Batman cries, Not
0: so fast, muchachos.
1: And in the first panel of page seven, it's all kicking off chaos. In the background, as Batman has managed to get Wildcat over his shoulder, he lifts one of the ropes and exits from the ring, saying, Come on, Luis.
0: I've got El Tigre.
1: And we see Luis following behind. Panel 2, they've managed to escape from the amphitheatre. Going round the corner, Batman managing to run with Wildcat over his shoulder, which is very impressive because <laughs> Wildcat is very heavy. <laughs> Lewis looking behind as he follows, and then the caption for panel 3,
0: Soon in a squatter shack at the edge of town,
1: Batman's voice comes from within, saying,
0: Okay, Louis. three times I saved your hash. Now, this is the moment of truth.
1: I like the fact that there's some random cactuses standing outside.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Maybe
1: we should start taking a drink whenever a cactus appears in the podcast. <laughs> Panel four, we're inside the, the shack. Wildcat is stretched out on a bed and Batman is saying,
0: Who's out to get you and why? And what's my old friend Ted Grant, former heavyweight champ, doing here fighting in one borough towns?
1: Louis has sat down. He looks very, very nervous as he says, Okay, senor Batman, you are much macho and I do owe you my life. Relax, daddy-o. And Louis tells all, and then we get in-set headshots of Lewis over the next couple of panels as he narrates. And the first one, final panel of page seven, he's saying, Years ago, my father was Mexico's best heavyweight. He boxed Ted up north for the title. It was a fantastic fight until the 10th when Ted got resin in his eyes. And we can see a slightly younger-looking Ted Grant in the ring with another incredibly buff boxer. A voice off-camera says, He's helpless. And another voice says, K.O. the Gringo Louise. Lewis's dad in the ring, Raises his gloved fists and says, No, I will not steal a man's title. The first panel of page eight, and yes, listeners, we're only on page eight, Lewis continues his narration, saying, My father was much macho, much man. The fight went the distance, and Ted retained his title on a draw decision. They became great friends. And we see Ted and Lewis's dad, obviously it was the same name, which is helpful, having a little hug as the referee speaks into the microphone, and Wildcat's second wraps the terror on his shoulders. Yeah, having a great time. We return to the present in panel two of page eight. Yes, we're only on page eight. Luis is saying, A year ago, my father asked Ted to help him in his life's great dream, to find Chocolatan. Chocolatan?
0: He who smiles? The legendary lost god that's Mexico's most important
1: archaeological treasure, if it exists. It does exist, because my father and Ted found it. But there is a criminal ring that collects and steals Mexico's ancient treasures and smuggles them to other countries for mucho dinero. Wildcat started to wake up in panel 4 Or should we say El Tigre Has started to wake up As Louis continues Nobody knows the ring's leader He's simply called Senor El Grande Mr Bake When Ted and my father went after Chocolatan His goons trailed them Ted's awake Seems okay yes, Says Batman observing He points at Wildcat yes In the next panel It's an exterior shot the shack No sign of a dustbin unfortunately But there is a, a loose tyre against the wall yep. If that makes you feel a bit thirsty I don't know Louis' voice can be heard, still rabbiting on, as he says. I got a coded radio message from them, saying they'd found the god, but not where. Then they were ambushed, my father was killed, and Ted got a bullet crease on the head and lost his memory. Back inside now as Batman says, Amnesia? No wonder he doesn't know me. See, I found him wandering in the mountains. Since then, I've been trying to protect him, hide him from El Grande. First panel of page nine, Wildcat is sat up. Looks a bit more awake and a bit more alert, as Batman says,
0: Now I understand everything. These goons have been trying to knock you off. Grab Ted, make him lead them to Choclotan. See,
1: they know I would never betray Ted, so I am best dead. Evidently, El Grande is unaware Ted has lost his memory. Lewis is holding Wildcat's mask in the next panel. I quite like this image, actually. It's quite it's quite cool. Go. Yeah. As he says, Meantime, I die for a living. Ted fights his El Tigre. The costume I found in his belongings gave me the idea. Batman thinks.
0: Louise doesn't know Ted's other identity as Wildcat. I only learned it during our first joint adventure when he vanished till now.
1: There's a little asterisk which takes us to a small caption box that reminds us to... See? Brave
0: and bold, 88.
1: A nice moody, Cardi-esque close-up of Batman in panel three, as he says.
0: Louise, I'm not here as a tourist. Your government invited me to investigate that smuggling racket. Now... Here's my proposition. What say we team up to find Chocolatán? It's the perfect thing to smoke out El Grande. And if we do find it, we fulfilled your father's dream.
1: Louis looks delighted as he cries, "The great bad hombre, along, beautiful, and a slow dissolve." The following day, yes, Batman roars up in a jeep with his cape blowing behind him. There's a we trailer attached at the back. Ted Grant's there in civvies. Lewis is there. Louis cries. Nice rig, You must be holding mucho bread, bad hombre!
0: I've got enough. Now, get Ted aboard and let's get going to Chocolatan Country.
1: Chocolatan Country, that sounds like the name of a, oh, I don't know, an album or a B-side by someone or other, doesn't it?
0: A theme park?
1: Yes. Listeners, if you can think of an artist that might, or, or somebody or other who might have released a song or a B-side or an album called Chocolatan Country, write in and let us know. So... First caption for page 10.
0: And as the vehicle heads to the distant Sierra Madre... Yes,
1: we see the, the jeep and the trailer roaring through the desert, throwing up a nice cloud of dust as Luis says, Do you think taking Ted back to the mountains will work?
0: It's a gamble, but sometimes returning an amnesiac to the place he lost his memory restores it.
1: A change in angle for panel two. A nice shot of Batman and Luis. Luis is driving, we should point out. Batman says,
0: By the way, what's the meaning of Chocolatown's smile?
1: Nobody knows, bad hombre. All of Mexico's other gods were sourpusses but legend says Chocolatan, greatest god of all, alone wears a smile.
0: Next day, along a high, arid plateau...
1: Yes, a bit of a narrative shortcut happening here, as the jeep is rolling along, but then suddenly, out of nowhere it seems, about half a dozen sombrero-wearing bandits on horseback are bearing down on the vehicle. Batman stands up and cries... Hold it, Luis. We're surrounded. They've dismounted from the Jeep. In panel four, we can see that one of the figures that in front of them is an older man, very fancily dressed, very ornate outfit. Luis says, It's okay, bad hombre. Those vaqueros won't hurt us. It's Dad's old friend, El Sordo. Didn't he used to write letters to Comics International? <laughs> <laughs> the elderly gentleman, El Sordo, cries,
0: Luis, Luis, son of my dear dead friend. "'What makes you cross
1: my lands, muchacho?' "'My amigo Bad Hombre and Ted Grant go with me to find Chocotan.' "'And El Soldo replies...
0: "'Ah, you go to finish what your father gave his life for. "'Brava, Luis, brava, but the way is long. "'The same banditos who killed him may lie in wait.'
1: "'But with Bad Hombre, I figure
0: I had got a chance.' "'Of course, but I know the Sierra Madre. "'Let me come with you as guide and protector.' I am bored with ranching and fiestas. You guide us? I would be honoured. Chocolatan must be found and put safely in our country's museum, a national treasure for all Mexicans to be proud of.
1: Gosh, well, things are ramping up. Page 11 now, panel 3, captioned.
0: Shortly, the journey continues with an added passenger.
1: Luis is driving again, and El is in the backseat with Ted Grant. Batman is saying,
0: You own all this real estate, El Sordo? See, I was Luis's father's fight manager. We made mucho money together and I bought this rancho with my share.
1: The next panel reaches forward and ruffles Louis' hair, saying, This boy is like a
0: son to me. I would do anything to help him, eh, muchacho? Now, keep your eyes peeled for any signs of Chocolatán."
1: And we have another slow dissolve, and a caption that says, But as hours and days pass... A nice aerial shot of the desert, we can see the vehicle roaring into view in the bottom left-hand corner. And what we think is El Sordo says,
0: We've come hundreds of miles, but those mountains don't look
1: any closer. what we think is Luis says, It's a big country. I did find Ted in those mountains, so we must be in the right general direction. Big country, of course. Very popular Scottish band. (laughs) Yes. Numerous hit singles. What's your favourite big country song, Peter? In a big country. That's mine too. How fantastic. (laughs) Maybe we'll play out with that song at the end, listeners. Maybe we won't. Anyway, first panel of page 12. Batman looks over his shoulder back at Ted Grant, who is looking very dopey, it must be said, as Batman thinks.
0: If only Ted would remember something. But he's hardly said a word since we started. Poor guy. Just stares out at the countryside.
1: Capture for panel two. Abruptly... Ted Grant stood up, puts his hand on Luis's shoulder and cries, Luis, here, stop here. Luis replies, okay, amigo, what is it? We've got out of the jeep in panel three. Ted Grant is saying, this place, I know it, but up there in the misser, you must go up there. And then Batman says,
0: up there? A sticky-footed lizard couldn't scale that cliff.
1: Should have said as another high angle shot. Panel four, Luis is marching towards the cliff confidently saying, maybe I can. It's not much tougher than the ones I climb and die from back in Acapulco. El Sordo says, Be careful, Luis. Yeah, it seems to be only about hands if to restrain him. Final panel has a caption that says, Up,
0: up the sheer rock wall and chase the life, Luis.
1: Great shot of Luis in the foreground, right in front of the panel, climbing with his compadres in the distance down the ground behind him. Batman is saying, That kid
0: is one brave hombre.
1: To which El Sordo says, Si, like his padre over the page to page 13 and the caption for the first panel of page 13 says
0: and agonizing minutes later
1: now very interesting detail here we can see in the foreground of the panel luis has made it to the top of the cliff we can also see down in the ground that the jeep and the three other men appear to be standing in the large circular part of a large footprint Dotted in front of them, we can see the large four holes that the pads of this giant creature would appear to have made. Because they're down the ground, they haven't really noticed it, and we're not too clear at this point if Louise has seen it either. But anyway, it looks so Ted Grant is saying, he made it. Now, all he has to do is make it down. And then the caption for panel two. Soon, after an equally perilous descent. Yes, Louise has made it back down. He's walking towards others, as Batman says.
0: Nice going,
1: Louise. What did you see up there besides a great view? Plenty. The trail to Chocolatown is what I saw. And we are standing right in it, El Sordo says. You joke!" But no, Luis is down on his knees. He's got a bit of stick and he's drawing in the sand as he says. No, from up there I could see this depression we're in. is a giant jaguar print dug out by ancient people, the worshippers of Chocolatan, Batman says in the next panel. I
0: don't get it, but Ted's not in agreement.
1: He certainly is as Luis continues to doodle with his stick saying, Simple bad hombre, the jaguar was Chocolatan's symbol. There are other giant prints ahead, dug by human hand. Tracks pointing the way to the god's location. El Sordo is impressed, he cries. Fantastico. And Louis points and says, Ted sensed we were near the tracks. He and my father must have found them before, but only from high up can you see them. That way, to the mountains, we must go. And we have another slow dissolve as we reach the top of page 14 and we have another caption that says,
0: Now as the searchers push on, sure of their direction.
1: The searchers, of course, were the popular 60s band from the north of England who I've seen live about half a dozen times, I think. Got, wow. Got the autographs of a couple of them, which is pretty cool. I remember Frank sort of saying to me, "Oh, it's really good to, to have someone at your age sort of coming along to the to the gigs. And I was like, Oh, I'm 39 now, Frank. <laughs> you know, Frank's talking like I'm a teenager. And he went, no, but you weren't there at the time and it means a lot. And I said, no, man, thanks. It's really good. And it was lovely. So yes, always meet your heroes. I love the searchers. Favourite searcher song, Peter, do you have one?
0: In a big country.
1: Ah, that's not them. <laughs> no, my favourite Searchers song is probably either When You Walk in the Room or Sugar and Spice. Oh, yes. But there you go. So back to the plot. The is also a John Wayne movie, I think. I think that's a deliberate reference. Yes. I don't know if the film was out but then, actually. I'm not sure. Anyway, we're not going to waste any time checking. The vehicle has resumed roaring off. And it looks as though Sordo is saying, but it can't be. I'm guessing Luis, who has eyes in the back of his head, is saying, What is it, Sordo?
0: That dust, amigos. I have been watching it for some time. It moves
1: as we do. And we can see in the distance, almost on the horizon, there's another big cloud of dust. Interesting. I wonder what's going on there. El Sordo continues in panel two, saying...
0: Horses, sir. A car. No doubt of it. We are being followed. To which Batman says... You've got hawk eyes, Sordo. Hmm. Could be the same hell Grande goons who jumped Luis's father and Ted. Father Ted? <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> father Ted, the popular... Nineties sitcom, yes, amazing. What's your favourite Father Ted episode, Peter?
0: It's hard to beat a Christmas Ted because I've just rewatched it. Interesting. Either that or the Eurovision one. Sorry, the Euro song one. I should say.
1: Yeah, Eurovision is what I would have said. Legopolis. Yes. Do you know what? Obviously, all the music for Father Ted was done by Neil Hannon of the Divine Comedy, Mm who are the band apart from like my mates' bands who I've seen the most live ever. And it was it wasn't genuinely till the thirteenth, fourteenth, maybe even fifteenth time that I saw them that Neil Hannon actually played my lovely horse. Wow! Where, and it was someone I knows first time seeing them when he played it. Whereas I've been I've been going to gigs since like this was about two thousand and ten, two thousand and twelve. I've been going to see him since nineteen ninety six, and people have been crying for it, and he'd never done it. There was a point where he got really annoyed and just wouldn't do it because he, he thought folk were just ripping the mic out of him. But no. So anyway, back to the plot, listeners. What's your favourite episode of Father Ted? Write and let us know. The caption name for panel three says, "And that's nice." Yes, we can see that the lads have made camp. There's a fire going. Oh, take a drink. There's a full moon in the Yay. background. That's handy. Cooking something over the fire. El Sordo has a gun over his shoulder and says, From now on, we stand guard at night. I will take the first watch.
0: If any O Grande pistoleros show, I will fix them.
1: Yes, they're obviously worried about being followed. There's a slow dissolve then. Caption for panel four. Soon? Yes, we can see the sleeping bags on the ground. The fire's still going. Presumably it's Luis and Wildcat who are asleep. Batman is moving away from the camp and he's thinking...
0: Sordo must be patrolling beyond camp. He's a tough old buzzard, but maybe he can use some help.
1: Patrolling beyond camp? (laughs) Yes, he's making a lot of flamboyant gestures (laughs) and...
0: I think that's our <laughs> new mission statement.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the Earth 2 podcast, the weekly podcast that patrols beyond camp as it explores the pre-crisis DC Comics multiverse. Anyway, Batman looking very beefy in that panel, it must be said. Mm. The caption then for the next panel, for panel five, says, Moving
0: as silently as the creature he is named for, the Batman flits through the moonlit chaparral.
1: Are bats silent?
0: No, if you listen to our batman episode where they make a lot of noise.
1: That's true. Batman creeping along, we can see some more cactuses, take a drink, or cacti. And Bats has spied, well, he spied something on the ground, as he thinks. Fresh
0: boot prints.
1: And unlike
0: any of us are wearing, our pursuers are here, now!
1: And he recoils in the final panel of page 14 as another sombrero-wearing and large knife-bearing maniac leaps out at him. Batman manages to duck back just in time. In the first panel of page 15, he's now surrounded by four of them. As they slish and whish their blades towards him, as Batman thinks,
0: Heaven in!
1: But then, thank goodness, there's help in panel two as another masked, costumed figure leaps in and punches one of the figures in the foreground of the panel as Batman thinks in the background, Wildcat pitching in! Yes, yeah, El Tigre to the rescue. Panel three is a great shot which I might try and get a tweet out of. Batman is leaping through the air, there's a patow sound effect as he kicks one guy in the face, in the background, there's a whock sound effect as Wildcat punches another sombrero guy, making him drop his knife, or his machete. The caption for panel four. And as suddenly as the attackers came... A silhouetted Batman and Wildcat are standing as Batman helpfully points out...
0: They're gone.
1: And then there's a crack sound effect, and Batman says... A shot. Let's go. They follow the noise in the next panel, and I'm not sure if it's a full moon or an ink stain, but there's a circle over Batman's cape. As Batman and Wildcat rush forward and see... Sordo! He's hurt! Yes, we see the elderly man leaning against the cat. He's lost his hat, which is a shame. He's got a gun in his hand and a smoke coming from the barrel as he says...
0: I am all right, amigos. How grandes is Vanquero's jumped me. I got off one shot, then cut the flat of a machete blade.
1: Gosh. Final panel page 15. They've made their way back to the camp. Luis is standing up. He has a gun in his hand and he says... What happened? Batman explains.
0: El Grande's bunch. We beat them off, but they'll be back. Every mile from now on, our lives are on the line.
1: First panel, page sixteen. Luis is tending to El Sordo's injury, wrapping a bandage round his head. As Batman says,
0: "Thanks for the help, Ted."
1: Well, taking his mask off at this point and says, "Heard something. Figured you and Sordo needed the old rock'em and sock'em of El Tigre." And he sits down again in panel two, next to the fire, looking very dejected, as Batman thinks. Poor guy.
0: Still doesn't remember his wildcat. He's slipping back into his amnesiac state again.
1: And another slow dissolve.
0: The following day, as they push on...
1: Yes, they're also a bit further on. Louis has climbed up the top of a very tall tree, leaving us on the ground, and we can see in the distance another one... Well, very helpfully, Louis tells us what he sees when he says... I see another jaguar print, pointing right toward the volcano. That's our direction. Volcano, obviously, was the name of episode eight of the Doctor Who story, The Dalek Master Plan. But that's neither here nor there.
0: And also, a nightclub that used to be in Partick in Glasgow that they used to film part of Train Spotting in.
1: Oh, so it was. My cousin and his family were over just before Christmas there. My second cousin Libby and I got our photograph taken with the cash machine from Train Spotting too. <laughs> She was delighted to be able to do a train spotting 2 set visit. So Libby, if you're listening, hello. That was fun, wasn't it? Libby, I'm going to have to get you to do some voices for me. Right, slow dissolve the caption for panel 4 of page 16.
0: Then that afternoon...
1: Yes, they have reached the big, hopefully dormant beastie. They're all standing in the rim looking down inside. Batman points and says... A
0: lake in the volcano crater. Could Chocolatan be down there underwater?
1: A very effective panel, actually. It's very... I like the ripples that are evident, mm. um, very nice.
0: I like the actual giant paw print that leads directly into it, and that's really cool.
1: So it does, that's right. Oh, yeah, oh, we can yeah. see that on the, the right hands. Yep, we've preempted some of Louis' dialogue there, Peter. Oh,
0: sorry, okay.
1: <laughs> As It's fine. As Louis points and says, Ted doesn't seem to recognise this place, but there's the last giant jag print going right into the lake. And then in the final panel of page 16, Louis takes another dive saying, Got to check it out. Here I go, back into the diving business. And off camera, someone says, Careful, Louise. Tiny caption tells us we're continuing the third page following. We pass an advertisement for some rings and jewellery. We pass the letters page for the issue. And as we resume at the top of page 17, the caption for the first panel says,
0: Down, down, into the sinister still waters, plunges the brave Mexican youth.
1: Yes, this is a great panel, which I'm pretty sure you're going to see on the socials. We're under the surface of the water, as Louis has broken it and swum down, and he swings around, very helpfully, he has a little think to himself and tells us what he has swum around. A big stone jaguar head, but nothing else. That can't be chocolatean. Must go up. Caption for panel two.
0: But when he breaks the surface...
1: Yes, he emerges in the water, starting to climb out, and he exclaims, they- They're all gone! But off camera, a voice says, But we have not gone far, amigo. Up here! And we pull back for a wider shot for panel three. We see that some bad guys in sombreros bearing guns are pointing the weapons... At Batman and Ted Grant But they don't seem to be pointing him at El Sordo El Sordo has his pistol in his hand again Which he has pointed at Luis And El Sordo says Come
0: join them, and no tricks My Faqueros are itching to kill after so many miles of Dusty Tracking <gasps> Oh my goodness, El Sordo's a baddie Dusty Tracking was the original bass player in Men'swear.
1: I'm pretty sure Dusty Tracking played with the Searchers at some point too <laughs> Maybe it was a father and son legacy What music thing Could be We'll never know Anyway, Luis can't believe it either as he says in panel four. I, I do not believe it. Told you he couldn't believe it. You, you my father's friend. Are El Grande, head of the smuggling ring? And El Sordo says, Si, Louis, my rancho, the way I live, takes
0: mucho dinero. The old treasures of Mexico, what are they but stone and junk? He continues, If foreigners will pay so much for them, why shouldn't Sordo profit? Now you have led me to Chocolatan, and... Senor Ted Grant here will now tell me the exact location.
1: Ted looks a bit nonplussed, Batman doesn't look happy. Yes, I'd forgotten Batman was in this story too, listeners. Batman says... He can't. He
0: has amnesia.
1: In the first panel of page 18, in the foreground, we suddenly see a very large, muscly man taking his shirt and sombrero off. And in the background, we can see Luis and Ted and Batman, with El Sordo, still with a gun on them, pointing towards this disrobing figure and saying... Perhaps, but
0: I think he is faking... See this Vaquero? He is called El Buy the Ox. He can fill a bull with one blow. He shall beat the truth out of Senor Grant.
1: We see El Bui, the Ox, taking a drink in panel two. Maybe he spotted a full moon on a dustbin. As El Sordo continues, saying,
0: He drinks a native brew which will make him not feel pain or his foe's blows. Here, El Tigre,
1: your fighting suit. And he hands Wildcat his mask and costume. Ted seems to be almost in a a trance-like state as Luis grips him and says, Ted, no, don't do it! We're back with El Sordo and Batman in the next panel as Sordo says, He has no choice, for if he does not, I shall shoot you, his friends, one at a time. Batman exclaims, You're mad, Sordo! In the next panel, we see Batman and Luis being secured to a large rock by a couple of the baddies. Wildcat squaring up, sorry, El Tigre squaring up to the ox, as El Sordo proclaims,
0: Tie them so they can get a good view. Now, let the battle commence. El Bui against El Tigre.
1: Let battle commence is my favourite line in the whole of the Alan Partridge. I must say. Mm. Very, very, very funny. What battle commence? (laughs) Anyway, final panel, page 18. The ox takes a swing with a swoosh as El Tigre ducks down and says, "So you want to mix with me, fella? I was once the champ, so they tell me, you're in for a lickin'. And they then proceed to trade blows with thuds and pows and walks and whams for the whole of page 19 as the captioning says.
0: Like a matador against a brute of a bull, Ted Grant easily sidesteps and beats his huge foe to the punch. Again, and again, and again. But this is a bull that knows no pain. No caution, and as the ex-champ punches himself out...
1: Yep, it looks as though the ox has got the the upper hand. As he strikes Wildcat, on the first panel of page 20, Wildcat appears to be down on his knees and he says, Enough! I'll tell you where Chocolatown is. My memory's come back. El Sordo restrains the ox and says, Stop!
0: I knew it would work.
1: Wildcat seems to be struggling to his feet in panel two as he points away from where they are and says over there on the volcano cones out a slope a cave we found it while we were tracking a jaguar for meat Chocolatan is in there Louis and Batman still restrained still tied to the rock Louis cries no Ted Batman says
0: too late Louis he's broken
1: El Sordo and his pals all start marching off the next panel leaving the goodies tied to the rock and Wildcat draped over another rock Sordo says we go to meet the great gods. when we return be ready
0: to meet death bravely
1: like machos Cut back to Luis and Batman, as Luis says, It is too late, bad hombre. Ted has betrayed us, and my father's memory.
0: Don't blame Ted, Luis. He's been through hell. He took all a man who's lost his identity could take.
1: And while they talk, Batman is working away at their ropes at their bonds, and then he says, Ah, I'm getting loose. And then the caption for the final panel of page 20 says,
0: Moments later...
1: Yes, and Batman has been successful. They have managed to free themselves from the ropes, and they're rushing after El Sordo. Luis cries, Come on! We must stop them from finding Chocolatan! Wellcat points and cries, No! Don't go down there! Another caption reminds us that we're continuing the third page following. We pass... Ooh! We pass an advert for a couple of LPs, one that's called The Folk Box, over 30 top folk recordings. I'm interrupting the momentum, doesn't matter, we return to the top of page 21. And rather amusingly, Louis. <laughs> Punches Wildcat in the head, saying, ''Stay away from me, you betrayer!'' Batman cries, ''Louise, don't!'' Too late, there's a sock sound effect as that happens. Then the caption for panel two... ''Suddenly!'' And a horrific-looking Batman cries and points, ''Blazes, look!'' And we have a nice, wide-angle shot. Very helpfully, Batman tells us what's happening when he says, ''The cave!''
0: Spouting tons of water!
1: There's a massive swoosh sound effect as we see torrents and torrents of water cascading from the cave that was on the side of the slope leading down to the volcano. Slight angle shift in panel four. We're standing behind Wildcat and watching the water spray out as Wildcat says, it, It's what I was warning about. That beating did jar my memory back, believe me. Chocolatan's inside, but he's booby-trapped. Touches stone body, and the lake waters flood the cave. And this prompts Luis to say, Dios." The jaguar head on the leg bottom. Now I understand. It's the intake. And we should point out that we can see in this panel a few sombreros <laughs> being carried along oh in the, the torrents of water. There's an inset of Wildcat for the, the caption for the final panel of page 21. as Wildcat is saying, Right, Luis, part of the legend said when the jaguar yawns, beware. Touching chocolatean triggers the gizmo that opens the jaguar jaws. And it's a sort of split panel showing... Water rushing into the the mouth of the the jaguar head that we saw under the the surface of the water and the open cave, the water rushing in. And so as we arrive at the top of page 22, the caption for the first panel says, As the wildly rushing waters recede, we see Batman, Luis and Wildcat approaching the entrance to the cave. We can see one sombrero (laughs) lying there in the water. That's the only sign of El Sordo and his bandits. Gasp. Batman says,
0: Fantastic! So... You really were tricking, sordo Ted.
1: Sure. When my memory returned, I recalled Louis' father and I almost getting trapped. Luckily, we noticed seepage in the cave and checked it out first. Things look a little bit more spectacular in panel two, which is captioned.
0: Moments later, within the dim cavern, a great glittering god greets the trio.
1: Yes, very hard to describe. Very large stone figure with a fancy sort of ornate sort of headdress. And it's covered in jewels and what looks like gold. And it's very ornately carved. We'll probably put it in the socials so we can have a look. Luis is impressed, he cries. It is him! Chocolatan! My eyes are humbled! The Cape Crusader says,
0: Magnificent! The search is over. For us, and for Sordo and his men, they're gone. All of them.
1: Luis shakes hands with Wildcat in the next panel. Ted's taken off his mask. There's a weird, odd silhouette or shadow of Batman in the background as Luis says, Ted, amigo, forgive me for ever doubting you. Forget it, kiddo. That amnesia had the old chap down but not out. You better thank Batman too. Without him, we'd all have taken the count. And they walk away from the statue in the final panel of the story as Luis says, Now, Chocolatan, we belong to all Mexico, safe in a museum. Batman says, And now we know what his smile means. He
0: knew that ancient booby trap would preserve him to be marveled at by future generations.
1: And a nice bat-shaped caption tells us that this is the, the end. end. Well, did you like it any more in the reading than you did in the preparation?
0: Yeah, listeners, when I first read this, I thought, (laughs) this is a bit dull. I'm not hugely enjoying this story. But in the performance of it, it was much more entertaining.
1: (laughs) I thought it was great. You would. I really enjoyed it. I like a western. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, the cover was a bit misleading. We should Mm. get that out of the way. Mm -hmm. Because that gives the impression that they were going to be chased by a giant cat. And obviously, we did see a giant cat's head, but it was underwater. Yeah. Not out in the desert. Hmm. no i enjoyed that it was very very different i mean obviously it was said in the past it's slim pickings for members of the justice society at the moment and technically yeah. this is the earthborn wildcat he's not the Justice, side but it's nice to see him and it was interesting what they did with him. Yeah. i was worried that we'd get another retread of the whole woe is me i'm tired and old sort of thing but no it was giving them the amnesia and all that sort of stuff and i'm making you know quite a passive sort of member of the cast as it were until the end that was quite interesting quite different
0: yeah, that's one of the things I didn't like about it, to be honest, is the fact that there wasn't much Wildcat yeah. in it. He seemed to be pretty helpless, not hugely heroic and
1: intro no, I can understand that. I think
0: continued the Wildcat Down in his luck kind of phase that we've had because it was an yeah. amazing Wildcat who was pretty much inactive and told like the last quarter of the story, you know? It's... Yeah,
1: but at least he wasn't banging on about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least when he did come back he was alright. Yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah, I see your point. I think that's that's a fair assessment. Yeah, it'd be nice if. I mean, there might not have been much of a story if he'd been a bit more dynamic and mm-hmm. active at the start. Yeah, I like the El Tigre. You know, boxing posters, all that stuff was fascinating.
0: Yeah, that was interesting. Although you think you'd call him a a panther as opposed to a tiger, because obviously tigers are striped and it's. it's- black costume could look like a panther or a jaguar even, you know, because that's, that's more like that. Yeah, but.
1: that's fair. But I suppose there was a lot of talk about jaguars from the mm-hmm. as far as the paw print and stuff, wasn't there? So maybe they just wanted to avoid that repetition. Yeah, it could be. It's quite a departure from a lot of stories we've done recently, I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was a bit more straightforward adventure you know, Saturday afternoon movie adventure rather than, you know, trying to do anything desperately clever. And yeah. I can't remember if I said this already, but this is the third consecutive Brave in the Boulder we've done, and yet another one where Batman is away from Gotham City having adventures in other countries. That's quite interesting. It certainly is,
0: yes. Bob Haney doesn't like to keep him in Gotham City.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I hope that, the, you know, and I, I know which issue of Breathe in the Bold we're doing next, listeners, and I know full well what's going to happen when I say this. But it'd be quite nice if maybe he was back in Gotham City <laughs> <And> the, ne- <laughs> the next time we do an issue of Raven the Bold. Ha ha. Wink to camera. Yeah.
0: I remember the first time I read this, I remember getting really excited when he said Chocolatan meant he who smiles. And I thought, oh, is this the Joker in it? Ah.
1: The very first time
0: I read this, I went, oh, okay. And uh, there is no Joker in it.
1: Interesting.
0: But don't worry, the Joker will turn up on the podcast soonish
1: spoilers yes but the because yes. obviously we're going to do all of Wildcat's issues of Brave and Bold and mm. Wildcat's a very regular guest yes. in Brave and Bold over the next mm-hmm. couple of years you know he makes several appearances this is only the second or at least another yes. at least another three that I can think of
0: but what was funny when we actually did see Chocolatan is his head looks exactly like a king from a playing card
1: I suppose it does yeah
0: yeah so we didn't we didn't get a joker from the pack we got the king from the pack instead
1: yeah I was a bit underwhelmed at his ultimate reveal. I mean, yeah. it was a, it's a good size. I would have perhaps been more impressed if he did a sort of jaguar face to him. Yeah. I think that might have impressed me a little. I love the fact that the bad guys all basically, I suppose, drowned off camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was terrific.
0: Yeah. And the final part of the story had me basically having an Indiana Jones flashback. Right. This belongs in a museum. You know? <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, because that, that made me sort of think it was asking for trouble to to take him away from the from the cave given that everything mm. else that's just happened. You know I, I did, I really liked this. I liked all the stuff of the volcanoes and the desert and all that sort of stuff. I mean, How many days were they
0: in that desert for? I know. It seemed to be hours past, days past. I know. Was any underwear changed during that trip? Because it's going to be a hot and dusty roads.
1: Yeah, Batman's in his costume that whole time. Yeah. I bet he was very mm-hmm. smelly by the end of it. Maybe he yeah. should have dived into the lake for a, for a wash before they went any further.
0: In his drip-dry costume.
1: Yes, that's right. <laughs> what did you think of the artwork? I found it a little... A little diluted because it wasn't all Nick card. It was a couple of panels that that were quite scratchy, but uh, generally I liked it. I liked the the sweeping vistas. The storytelling was really good. It was quite Mm -hmm. dynamic.
0: I love page 19, the page that basically was the fist fight between the ox and Wildcat.
1: Yeah, El Tigre.
0: It's just lovely six panels. Yeah. Showing Wildcat on the offensive and, and winning... And the top three panels, but obviously he's losing stamina. And in the bottom three panels, he's he's in the back foot and it eventually he's just like knocked down. So yeah, it's
1: great. I love that. It's really good. Yeah, obviously, I mean, he's, he's dealing with the trauma and stuff as well. So he's he's not going to be at his best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I liked that part of the story. You know, Wildcat kind of gets himself together. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the bit in the trial of the Incredible Hulk when Bixby doesn't turn into the Hulk in the final sort of fight? And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, come on. this was See if Wildcat <laughs> hadn't got to fight someone in a boxing match type style, he would have been very disappointed. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That was a random reference and comparison, listeners, but it was the best one I could make. I apologize.
0: uh, Not any more random than any other reference that we ever make.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is true. This is true. That's fair.
0: (laughs) One other thing I wanted to mention was when Ted referred back to his trip out with uh, Louise's dad and said they were hunting jaguars for meat. That's, that's not very nice is it
1: yeah that kind of passed me by actually i didn't really register that even though i had to say the line yeah yeah i was probably worrying about how good my sylvester's impression was no you're right that's a horrible thing let's not dwell on that yeah <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah could they not just survive on nuts and berries or something
0: <laughs> chop open a cactus you know that's, exactly isn't that a thing Legopolis, you can do? That's
1: exactly what i was gonna say yeah that's, that's <laughs> what i would have done hopefully well. No, I don't have too much to add. Even though, as you say, still Wildcat w- wasn't as maybe dynamic or as dominant as yeah. we'd maybe like him mm-hmm. to have been. Mm-hmm. At least, as I say, at least he wasn't moping about it. And, and I I liked the sort of um the parade through the desert stuff. If we were watching a TV show, this would have been a brilliant episode to watch. It was very visual.
0: Yes, yes, I can see that. Huh.
1: Quite a straightforward story in a way, but mm-hmm. you know, watching this on TV or on a movie would be tremendous. Mm-hmm. Again, Batman and Wildcat must have been sweating. Yeah. Wearing their costumes, driving through the desert at high noon and all that sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm glad they didn't dwell too much on that. Yeah. Definitely. I like the character of Luis.
0: Yeah, that was cool. That's a good introduction for him being the Daredevil diver, you know?
1: Sort of surrogate Robin in a way, in some you know, mm-hmm. the, the guest kid sidekick for the for the week.
0: I like the Batman let him drive the jeep, because it's like, you know you know where we're going, so <laughs> drive on.
1: Yeah. I don't expect to ever see him again, which is a shame. But no, he was he was a fun character and I mean, I wasn't too surprised that the twist of El Sordo was the bad guy. Mm, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Considering he was the only other speaking part in it.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was slightly more obvious a, a twist than Abbott Carlyle being revealed as a baddie in the last issue of Braiding the Bold. Ah, yes, right. of course. Uh-huh. <laughs> but not to worry.
0: Speaking of worry, I did find it a bit worrying when Louis decided to dive just into the, the pool that's in the middle of the volcano, considering it looked bright green. Yes. It could have been anything. It looked horrible from up above.
1: Yeah, very stagnant and yeah, lots of yeah. algae, I imagine. Yeah, maybe well, maybe he's had all these jags. Maybe he'd be okay. <laughs> I hope do so. Do you remember
0: the old advert, the public information advert about what was it, dark water? Don't go to your dark yes, water. Yes, I do. It's, oh, it's horrible. I do.
1: What, what's your. What's your favourite British public information film? Mine was always at Apaches, which they used to show before Landlord a few times. And Sunday it terrified me. I Do you remember, remember Apaches? It's all like kids dying in farm accidents. It's horrendous. Oh gosh! I'll send you. I'll send you a link to it because it's on YouTube. It will haunt your dreams.
0: My favourite one was the father and his uh, family having dinner, and all of a sudden they have a burst pipe, and basically the guy stands up like Eric Morecambe and he just points at all these places that his kids have to run about in lag pipes all over the house and switch off water.
1: It's hilarious. Let's not talk about Burst Pipe's right now. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. Oh, dear.
0: But he looks like Eric Morecambe. the funny thing is, at the end of that one, there's a freeze frame that isn't actually a freeze frame. They all just stand still and it's for about nine seconds.
1: Oh, that's odd.
0: (laughs) If we can find that on YouTube, we'll post that as well.
1: Anyway, listeners, this is the British Government Public Information Films Podcast. There's not an awful lot of contemporary correspondence to go through for this story, sadly.
0: This is true.
1: and Bold Letters pages are very patchy, but turning to our copies of issue ninety nine. There's one tiny snippet that begins B and B never fails to provide solid entertainment and number ninety seven's The Smile of Chocolatan continued this trend and that's from someone called Gerald Triano of Elmont, New York. And he also seems to continue with a little point about the third anniversary of Dead Man's first appearance and reprinting his orgy being a nice way to celebrate it. So there we go. And
0: there's one other comment that says, and to those of you who quiz us about 97's cover, headed by Joe Farah of Canton, Massachusetts, it was done by Nick Carday too. There we are.
1: That's fascinating. Now the next paragraph, the next little slip-it, which is pertinent to what we talk about, says... In the light of what he did with Deadman, may I say that the Spectre's rebirth would be gladly received, says Richard Heim of Lincoln, Nebraska, since he was killed off in JLA 83, and how I hated that. His second era would be immensely rewarding. The Spectre and Deadman would make a unique team. In closing, I wonder if there's any truth contained within the statement, remember, our readers demand is our command. And the editorial response to that is,
0: Yes, Richard, if enough readers demand it.
1: Editor. Yes, let's so let's um let's keep an eye out for how long it takes for the Spectre to come back then because I miss him. <laughs> I miss doing his voice. Anyway, listeners, what did you think of issue ninety seven The Brave and the Bold?
0: Why don't you tell us? You can email us at the earth 2 podcast at gmail dot com and let us know. Make sure you follow us on social media because we're putting up some lovely bonus content for this and indeed every episode. We might even post some links to some of those public information videos that we (laughs) mentioned. You never know. You never know. (laughs) If I remember. If I remember. (laughs) (laughs) On Facebook and Instagram, we're at the Earth 2 Podcast and at Twitter, we're at podcast underscore Earth
1: 2. If you're feeling generous, you can go to wherever you receive your podcasts. Perhaps leave us a very positive review. That would be nice. Make sure you check out the Instagrams because there's a few foreign reprints of this one. Am I obsessed with foreign reprints? Yes. Of course, I'm Should realise that. But we, have a few see. foreign reprints and some other bits and bobs. If you're feeling equally, equally generous, you could follow our link tree and go to our coffee page and buy Peter the price of a beverage. That would be much appreciated also. And listeners, we're both getting a little bit excited because our next episode will be doing part one of the 1971 Justice League of America Justice Society crossover team-up. And it's an we. interesting one. And we'll tell you all about why in the next episode.
0: We certainly shall. So until then, I've been Peter.
1: And I've been David. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you again very soon on the 2 Podcast. Podcast. Transmatter Cube activated. Return
0: coordinates set for Earth Prime. He drinks a native brew, which will make him not feel pain or his foes blows. <laughs>